0: Welcome to the Rewire Fitness Podcast. I'm Ed Gibbons and today I'm talking with Walter Stiano, Rewire's scientific advisor about brain endurance training. Walter has a PhD in the Psychobiology of Perception of Effort and Exercise Tolerance and is a leading researcher and expert in the practical application of brain endurance training, or BET. His research has been featured in best-selling sports performance books, including Alex Hutchinson's Endure, and he's worked with Olympic and World Championship teams as well as the British military. I'm really excited to talk with Walter, so let's get started. Good afternoon, Walter. Well, actually, I suppose it's a good morning for you out there in California. Uh, how have you been doing? Yeah.
1: yeah, all good. Everything is great. The weather here is fantastic. And um, I'm enjoying my time over here in California. Brilliant. It's the best place to be in quarantine, I would say.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Sounds good. Uh, so we've been working together since around November last year. Uh, and I thought it'd be great if we had a dive into brain endurance training and yeah. what, what we've been working on at Rewire. Uh, so, firstly, uh, I think it would be really helpful if you could start by recapping for our listeners on what brain endurance training is.
1: Okay, so basically, brain endurance training is a type of uh, cognitive training that we have specifically designed to increase the uh, the the resilience of uh, of our athletes towards the sense of fatigue. It basically it works on the principle that when the sense of fatigue develops in certain area of the brain. It can be targeted by specific cognitive tasks. And then it can induce a type of adaptation, which will make the the athlete more resistant to this sense of fatigue. The sense of fatigue is basically a very important component uh, for sport performance because it has an effect and, and basically it alters what we call the perception of effort. So basically how heavy is for you, is for you, um, either cycling or running or doing any type of uh, physical activity. And basically, once you find a way to alter or to reduce or increase this perception of effort, you will always have an effect, and a, a direct effect on the, on the sport performance.
0: Nice. So you were also involved in some of the earliest studies uh, into mental fatigue, including the heavily referred to 2009 Markora study. How did you get involved in the field, and is there anything that inspired you to do so? Yeah,
1: so basically, all the list, uh, all the uh, the line of studies on the effect of mental fatigue on physical performance are the one that uh, basically at the base of the concept of the brain endurance training. Uh, I started my. Uh, my master's degree in Wales in 2006. And and part of my dissertation was actually the study that then became, uh, became the 2009 one uh, about the effect of mental fatigue on physical performance in humans. And uh, basically, I was always interested in the concept of fatigue since I started my bachelor's degree. And then I think I simply moved from understanding the muscle fatigue concept to actually moving to more central um, generated concepts, like, for example, the mental fatigue or central fatigue. So we started being very interested in understanding how mental fatigue can have an effect on physical performance. And in the study in 2009, like we published those data where we proved that the mental fatigue had an effect on physical performance by simply altering their perception of effort. Because all the other physiological variables, they were completely unaltered.
0: Nice. So you, you, you've mentioned uh, perception of effort a couple of times. Yeah. So why is that such an important component?
1: Yeah, because perception of effort, it's a, despite the fact it seems a very simple uh, uh, reproducible tool, to assessing the training load because the section of effort refers to how heavy strenus a certain physical or mental task is. It's a it's a very important component in sport performance um, and also in in any n- normal life because it basically it dictates you uh, it, it dictates um, how much effort. So, how much effort you decided to put and spend into a specific activity. And it also dictates your level of motivation or level of engagement in trying to understand like how much is worthy to put a lot of effort on based on the outcome that you get. So, in this domain, there have been a lot of studies they have been proving that anytime you can find a way to alter perception of effort using either a physical or a cognitive component, you, you always have an effect on the sport performance after it. So, and it became a very important component also of the monitoring of the training load. And, it, and it's been using very heavily, both in, uh, in uh, elite sport performance, but also in the military context. It's very simple to use because it refers to your subjective feeling of effort and, and um, it's been usually measured using the Borg scale, which is a scale that goes from either 6 to 20, one type of scale, or another one that goes from 0 to 10. Nice. And it and it's been very effective, and also he highly correlates with a lot of the classical physiological parameters like lactate like threshold, uh, heart rate, um, uh, ventilation, or oxygen consumption.
0: Nice, yeah. And how how do we know that brain endurance training is working? How how does that transfer into an improvement in sports performance?
1: So basically, we know that BT is working because we have collected like a fair, a fair amount of data. We we first completed a training study back in 2000, in 2014 when I was a postdoc at the University of Kent under Professor Marcora. Uh, in that in that instance, like we proved that 12 weeks of uh, of a cognitive training of specific cognitive training brain endurance training on top of the normal physical training it, it produce huge effect on the cycling performance on 40 uh, um, highly fit individuals later on i i completed three more training studies where um, where the data uh, some of the data have been have been uh, published uh, uh, have been presented in uh, major conferences around the world, and uh, we are basically submitting now the article for peer review. In those studies, one with, with the football and two more with cycling, we basically proved the uh, range of uh, uh, brain endurance training protocols between four weeks and six weeks have been effective in improving not only g- uh, g- generic uh, like physical abilities but also sport-specific abilities. For example, in the studies with uh, with football, we proved that the BET was more effective than just traditional physical training in improving the ability of uh, football players to decide um, in which direction to run after they've been, been sprinting for five meters. And at the same time, it reduced the, the numbers of errors Uh, that they were doing in choosing exactly which direction to go. So this is a very specific skill for football players. And another interesting component of BET is that it basically working to increase your resilience towards fatigue, which means that you will see the effect of of brain endurance training better in a moment when you are already fatigued. So in, in another study that we completed, we proved that BT was more effective in uh, um, in improving performance in cyclists that they were doing like two boots, two bouts of exercise, both very high intensity, uh, on the same day. And on the second one, when they were already tired from the first one, is where they showed the big the big increase in performance, the bigger increase in, in the performance due to the to this type of training. And this proves basically that that this that this type of training it's it's very it's very effective when you when you are already tired. So what we do is like we increase your resilience to push more in the moment that you actually already, really tired.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you, you mentioned yeah. some of your studies. Are there any findings that you found that have surprised you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, one of the things that surprised me is exactly this concept I was just telling you that basically the BT has a greater effect in a fatigue state compared to a fresh one. When you try to do uh, to compare the results of um, the two groups that they did in my study, uh, the people in the brain endurance training they perform much better uh, in a fatigue state. So when they were already in a fatigue state compared to when they were into a fresh state, which means that you will see better the effect of this type of training on the performance when when the athletes are, are already tired. So if you have, for example, type of competition that require multiple events on the same day or require multiple events on multiple days, like for example, like one of the big tools cycling like Tour de France, Giro d'Italia or Vuelta de España you will understand how this type of training can be very effective because it can help you with the fatigue that you will start accumulating over the days
0: So we mentioned some of your studies on cycling and football, who can benefit from brain endurance training?
1: So basically uh, there is a huge range of, of athletes that can benefit from brain endurance training because he is actually target to increase the resilience in your brain. It basically, every type of athlete can benefit of this type of training, but not only the athletes. also the military personnel that they're always trying to find new, new way to training their ability to take effective decision even, even when they're tired. This is a type of training that suits very well them. And the military are in general very interested in this type of training. <laughs> On top of this one, it can be said that because we are discussing about human performance and this tool can basically increase your resilience toward fatigue, you can apply this type of training even in any type of employee in a corporate environment because anyone could potentially benefit to become more resilient to fatigue. Definitely. Then this will automatically increase your performance, either is a performance in the lab. I or is a performance on the field, or is a performance in the office?
0: So the potential applications are really wide. Yeah. Great. Right. So, in what ways do you see brain endurance training assisting your athletes?
1: Yeah. So the the concept is that because, in particular, elite athletes are already quite physically overloaded with a lot of uh, with a lot of training. It's very difficult in general to add new typology of training because. This might, might, might produce or might, or might create a risk of uh, uh, overreaching, overtraining, or increase the, your risk of, uh, of, of injury. Brain endurance training, because it's a cognitive training, like it can be more easily overlap on your, on, 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 on your normal training schedule without affecting too much the physical training that you're doing. But at the same time, creating the, the type of training stimulus and, and adaptation in your brain that is necessary for, for basically like improving your performance. So to cite an example, if you are a cyclist, like you can try to increase your resistance against fatigue in general by doing your physical training, but at the same time, when you're training it, is over you are able to do like this type of cognitive training on top of it before you go going to bed or after a very strenuous physical training and this is gonna is gonna create an adaptation in your brain and in uh, increasing your resilience and at the same time it will not affect your muscle recovery.
0: So it really just brings sort of mental training into a much more controlled environment
1: yeah, exactly. And, the,
0: and that's what we see when, we, when I'm talking to the beta athletes. That's what one of the things they really like about it. They're saying, you know, it means I can get that same level of mental um, fatigue from a much more controlled workout. So, yeah. What is the most important thing that you think athletes need to understand about brain endurance training?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think one of the things that um, it took me, it takes me always a while to try to understand um, explain to my outlets is that so this type of cognitive training requires like that you spend some time on those specific tasks because because it's, it's hard and it's like any type of physical training that you do there it has to be hard and it has to be painful and or it requires a lot of effort well this is the same so you need to really push your brain to function uh, when you're already tired when you think is a your brain is becoming very foggy. So this is the moment where while while you do this type of exercise, you need to keep yourself engaged and doing it in the 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Because some people believe that he's, if it's he's enough to do just one minute of this or if it's enough to do like three minutes in the morning. And the, the question that I always say is, is that you need to create like a kind of adaptation in the brain. And to do this one, you need to make sure that your brain gets really tired in, in order to do this, this type of, this type of task has to be completed either when you're already tired or they've completed for a longer session, like for example, 30 minutes. So, and um, that's why it's very important that athletes understand this concept that when you are engaged into also uh, this type of cognitive training, there will be like a, a real cognitive overload for that. So it, it will not be easy. Like any type of physical training, it, there, it it is never easy.
0: Yeah, that's definitely the feedback we get from our beta athletes. And I think you, you once said to me that when you were working in a research lab, you are one of the most hated researchers.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, basically one of the most hated, potentially hunted research. <laughs> Because uh, I remember a nice, a nice um, episode with the, one of uh, the subjects in the study of 2009. That basically he was so upset that he thought that he wanted to he wanted to sue us for what we were doing just by doing the 90 minutes of cognitive training because he thought it was a heavy, heavy mind manipulation. But I mean, clearly it was just. Very very tired, and with with tiredness and fatigue, it comes also like alteration in mood. Like people usually in general have a tendency to be more upset or angry, or let's say they cannot really control their emotion, because emotion regulation is heavily correlated with the, with your level of fatigue. So, but once it came back and it was fresh, everything was fine. So, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> good story anyway. Um, yeah, yeah what, what I find really interesting is if you look at sort of the 20th century research into fatigue, it, it's predominantly put down as sort of a physiological factor. Whereas now, if yeah. you're looking at the research now, it's sort of how, how the brain f- uh, perceives that uh, physiological factors. So, yeah, it's just interesting how sort of a changing field and how we're at the forefront of yeah. research there's some athletes like David Goggins that put a big focus on the mind. It's essentially for them, the goal of a workout is to suffer physically training their mind. What do you think the benefit of brain endurance training is over and above just pushing yourself and suffering in a workout?
1: Yeah, so basically uh, what brain endurance training does it's what the athletes or the military have, has always been doing through only the physical training. So they use the effect, the physical training effect of the, the, this high sense of discomfort, of this, this level of suffering or pain or effort, the, the way you want to call it, that they feel or they need to go through has a way to train their mind. And it's actually working, it's true, because the mind and the body are actually interconnected. So in the physical training has a huge effect on mind processes. And this has been like, it's been proven in the last 20 years a lot. I think what Bet can do in this case is basically adding another stimulus on how you can train your mind by using a level of suffering or a level of, of overload that is uh, mainly cognitively and not just physically. And this can be, can be a big game changer because there is, a, there is an upper limit of your type of physical training that you can do before you start to enter into a zone of risk uh, for injuries uh, or for overtraining, overreaching. In this case, instead, you can use like a cognitive stimulus on top to keep pushing yourself even more.
0: Interesting. So yeah, it's just that, that extra yeah. stimulus. And I think overall, the, the thing we're trying to get to is that it's just getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's a quote from Laura Klein, which is one of our beta athletes right now. So what can we learn from athletes that are like this um, and apply to our own sessions?
1: So it's basically that, uh, as you can see, a lot of athletes, they, they sense how they resilience towards fatigue, even mentally, is being built through hours and hours of physical training, hours and hours of uh, very strict routines and high level of pain and effort that they need to endure like over and over uh, or when they need to train even when they're tired. And this is a great training, okay? And you can see that they're always trying to seek to go beyond and what they're all trying to beat is always like to to be good and to be better by the end of a competition. All they yeah. want to do is to make sure that by the time they need to push at the end of a competition, they have the, the enough resilience to say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through this right now. Definitely. And I think in this case, B T can be a, a great addiction because this is exactly what it does. It trains your brain to be more resilient in the moment of fatigue. What it does exactly is that it trains your brain when you start in having the uncomfortable conversation with, within yourself about if you want to quit or if you want to lower your pace or if you want to change your gears on a bike or if you want to keep the gears and, 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 and go through the pain. In that moment, this is where uh, brain endurance training has, has an effect in your brain because it's where it basically helps you to keep going through the things instead of give up and changing the gears or lower your pace.
0: Interesting, so yeah, really just pushing your resilience and mental toughness. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, Walter, it's been great talking to you. Uh, I really enjoy working with you. So it's great to yeah, have thank you. this chance to just chat and you know answer some questions. So yeah, let's definitely yeah. do this again sometime.
1: Okay, fantastic.
0: Thank you very much. No worries. It was great to talk with Walter today and dive deep into brain endurance training. Hopefully, we will have Walter back soon talking more about the science behind rewire. I want to finish with a quote that Walter sent in advance of the interview. Do not pray for an easy life, pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Bruce Lee. To learn more about rewire fitness, check us out at rewirefitness.app.